Hey everybody, Pastor Zach here. So excited for another episode of this Conversations podcast. This has been so fun and uh, really excited about some of the upcoming sessions as well. Last episode we had Jamie Miller with us and man, it was an incredible testimony of God's goodness in her life and I titled that one Healed and Whole, uh, Jamie's Story, because that's really uh, what my takeaway was, that God's plan for our life is to heal us and to bring us into a place of wholeness. And we talked about that inner work in her soul that the Lord did, and then also healing her body, that moving over now into giving them grace to withstand the tragic death of their son, and then also grace to see a literally as close to a resurrection as is possible uh, is uh, is what Robert's story was. So that was just incredible. Um, we had planned to take the second part of that uh, recording, and uh, Pastor Kylie and I were going to sit down and kind of do some reflection and talk about um, some of the takeaway points from Jamie's story and how that uh, we can glean from some of the things that the Lord revealed to her in regards to the power of unity in our marriages, and uh, man, Jamie's story was just so good, we decided to let her take the whole time to tell it, and you really had to hear that progression from what some of her past looked like, uh, to just those those different uh, tipping points, if you will, and fresh words from God that led her through that season, so we were, we were really happy to be able to give her that time, and now uh, for this next episode, I do have Pastor Kylie again uh, in the studio with me. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the power of unity in marriage. So, Kylie, thanks so much for taking time to be here. I know you're a busy guy. And uh, yesterday we got to uh, to break some bread together at Burger King. Yes. and uh, But we didn't talk at all anymore besides the text message I sent you uh, about what we're going to talk about today. So a lot of this is straight from the heart. Um, that's what I like about this uh, Conversations podcast is we really just get to make it a conversation. Um, not very often in a conversation with a friend do I go in planned with notes of this is what we're going to talk about and those kinds of things. So uh, I want this to be as real as as possible. And uh, Kylie is just awesome. He's our worship pastor here at the Durant campus, but he's also taking, taking the lead in regards to our family and marriage ministry uh, in the context of our life group hub and is really going to be uh, working with our groups and help training up some specialized group leaders and groups to help strengthen marriages. And that's something that's really, uh, really a passion for him and his wife, Amanda, both. And I'm excited to get to just spend a few minutes with them talking about uh, something that he's the most passionate about, which is people experiencing a healthy marriage and deep connection uh, with their spouse. So once again, Kylie, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Jamie's story from yesterday. You know, when I heard it the first time, um, she had just popped in the office here in Durant. I think she was going to meet with Pastor Lee, and then she ended up finding me, and we talked, and she just started telling her, her story. And, uh, you know, there's so many good points and pieces, but I remember literally getting chills in my office whenever she shared with me about the revelation that God had given her about the communion. Right. And, uh, and if you haven't got to listen to uh, the previous episode, you need to listen to it. I'd say even before you listen to this one, uh, it's just, it, it's powerful. One of the most amazing testimonies I've ever heard. And uh, when Robert was in that, uh, you know, um, with, with the vent tube down his throat and in intensive care and uh, Pastor Ann coming and giving the word about him needing to take communion and 
uh, you know, the Lord speaking to Jamie that she was able to take it for him because they were one. Right. They were one flesh. And we know the scripture says that the two literally become one in marriage. Uh, so in talking about that unity, I know that that's something that uh, you and your wife both have been uh, on on a quest to deepen as a couple, and you've gone to various types of trainings and, uh, and and been a part of some really cool things in the body of Christ right now in regards to marriage. What was that kind of uh, what what was that impact? What did that have on you when you heard that uh, about just the the fact of how real that that oneness and that unity really is? Sure, you, that was probably the part that stood out to mo- the most to me um, in her testimony. Um, was just that revelation that she had of, of them being one. Um, and so it was really cool just to, to see that she um, had that understanding and was able then to stand and fight for her husband while she's also standing and fighting for herself because they are one yeah. in marriage. Um, and, and another thing that it really stood out was the part where she's talking about, um, you know, she, Jesus told her to get out of the boat. Yeah. Um, I thought it was so cool that, you know, her husband is, is laying in the bed. He's the one that's sick. He's the one, you know, that, that is ultimately dying. Um, and it took action. It took faith on her part um, to then begin to see those, those good reports coming from the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, showing the unity that, that there is in that couple um, and that, that while he couldn't fight or couldn't stand because, you know, he was going through so much at the time, she was able then to fill in that gap as his helpmate. Yeah, so. that, that's incredible. You know, making that connection, you really could say that whenever Jesus called her to step out of the boat, she was doing that as Robert. They Absolutely. were doing that together. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's just a, a powerful, a powerful truth. So kind of kind of uh, deepening that and, and going to a different layer or dimension uh, in regards to this uh, to this covenant uh, of marriage that God's created and designed for us to be able to have, um, you know, as you've met with couples, you've been uh, leading a, a marriage life group here at the campus for quite some time. I know you've counseled a lot of folks. Uh, I know that you've been to, to some really cool trainings and and uh, you, like I said, you and Amanda both have been on a quest to really just be a resource for others uh, in regards to to marriage. What are some things that you found? Uh, discovering as a couple and ministering as a pastor that's really able to strengthen that marriage connection. You know, when you, when you talk about what Jamie and Robert experienced, that's a strong connection. Right. I, I, it's kind of sad to say, but it's also a truth that not everybody in that situation, their spouse would be as tenacious in their right. faith as Jamie was. Right. Uh, and not and not all of the not all of the the couples that are listening have a spouse that's even connected to the Lord that right. way. Um, but but that listening to her story, you saw the progression in that. Mm-hmm. It started off with the marriage not on good terms. She was very honest about her past and feeling like her marriage wasn't even legitimate. Right. There had to have been a progression in regards to them deepening as a couple. Right. Uh, and what have been those things that you've seen in couples like Robert and Jamie? Sure that is able to deepen your connection uh, as husband and wife. Right. I, you know, I think one of the things that I even noticed from her story, you know, going back to the beginning of their marriage, like you were saying, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty picture. Um, but I was, I was reminded um, of Ecclesiastes 412, um, you know, the three-stranded cord. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, you know, they got married 
and they were trying to make it and do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's when they then involved, you know, the love of God in it. Yeah. And it was when they realized that, you know, God had joined them together. He saw them as one, mm-hmm. um, that they became that three-stranded cord. Um, and that's whenever they were able to overcome those difficult things in their life, such as the the, the death of, of his son, um, and then this whole, um, you know, health issue that he had in the yeah. hospital. Um, without God being a part of that, um, who knows where they would have been at this point. Um, so just just the importance of knowing that yes, there are couples that 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 may not have the relationship with God and they make it, but they're making it so much harder on themselves yeah. than if they do invite God into that marriage union. That's that's that that's, that's the truth. Um, you know, I, I just think um, every, every time that I officiated a wedding, one of the things that I read is out of Ephesians where Paul writes that marriage is a great mystery that represents Christ and the church. Right. Uh, and I think about, you know, God being the designer of marriage, mm-hmm. like the author of it, the creator right. of it. Uh, and, you know, if I if I go to the to the store and, you know, we're, we're getting close to Christmas and I buy some gift for my for my kid that has multiple parts and I've got to put it together or anything you buy at Ikea. Right. Right. You, right. You've got all these parts to put it together. It does me a lot of good to actually consult the manual as yes. tough as it is for a guy to yes. do that, to actually yes. read the instructions, because the designer is actually the one that wrote that right. and knows how things fit together. So, like, as you're talking about, yeah, there's couples that are happy, you know. Right. Uh, there's couples that are making it. And, of course, you can't see I'm doing my my, uh, my quotation fingers here. Uh, that, that thought process of they're making it so much harder on themselves, to me, it connects to even that simple analogy of I'm trying to build a life together without consulting the one that's designed this right. type of life. Right. And that's frustrating. Right. Uh, and I think that there's a depth of connection. Most people, uh, it, we're talking in the context of couples that are existing without the Lord, they're able to connect physically, obviously. Right. They're able to connect to, to, to a measure emotionally. And there are couples that I've met that don't have a relationship with Jesus that are deeply connected emotionally. But what we're talking about is that third part of who we are as human right. beings, right. spirit, soul, and body, right. that spiritual connection. Right. And that's what you don't have right. uh, if, if Christ isn't in the middle of it. Right. And you're not able to see what Robert and Jamie saw. That didn't come from just a physical connection, right. an emotional connection. That came from a spirit-to-spirit connection right. because the Lord is the one that's connecting them. Right. I, yeah, I, I want every married couple to have what Robert had while he was laying in that bed. I know, yeah. Having a, a wife who knew exactly what to pray, how to stand, how to believe, mm-hmm. um, and without without relationship with God and having God in their relationship, it, it's it's impossible to have somebody that knows how to fight for you yeah. um, in the spiritual. You know, you, you said something to me uh, when we were talking after, her, after the, our episode with Jamie, and, uh, you know, you, you come from a medical background working in the hospital, uh, and you made right. that comment to me about, you know, that testimony really, really got you right. uh, in, in, uh, in, you know, in, in your heart uh, because you'd seen, you'd seen that played out right. hundreds of times right. and that not be the ending. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, just, just another, you know, testimony to, to God's faithfulness and God's goodness 
that when we do seek Him in all things, um, and we, you know, are obedient to His Word, He's faithful to complete the work. So yeah, yeah. So kind of flip side of the same coin, uh, since we've talked a little bit about, you know, our our necessity to be connected to the Lord and couples that don't have that. They, they need to seek that out. God desires to, to do that and to strengthen and bless their union. Let's turn the coin around. Let's talk about believing couples that have a spiritual connection, mm-hmm. but they're totally disconnected sure. emotionally and sure. physically. Sure. Uh, that has the ability to hurt the overall connection right. in that marriage as much as a a severance in that in that spiritual connection. Right, right. Granted, believers equally yoked uh, in marriage are going to have by default that connection to Christ. Sure. And that connection relationship with Christ constantly has to be evolving and deepening uh, because the Lord wills to instruct us on how to be a better spouse. Right. Uh, but if we've got people that are connected spiritually but aren't paying attention maybe. Right to the voice of the Holy Spirit, or even to the needs of their spouse, right. emotionally, physically, we're talking about a breakdown and that overall connection. And in your and mine's world, that's probably what we deal with the most, right. is Christian couples that are struggling to connect emotionally, struggling struggling to connect physically, right. uh, and the constant frustration in the marriage because needs aren't being met. Right. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what's been your experience in coaching couples, uh, maybe even things from your own marriage, if if you want to, sure. but knowing by default that as a as a Christian couple, we have a spiritual connection. It needs to be refined. It needs right. to be you know sown to. But what about couples that are struggling? Like I'm praying, I'm believing God for my marriage, and I still feel that disconnect emotionally. I'm not able to meet my spouse's need there. Sure. Or physically, um, what are some some coaching uh, tips or examples of of how you've helped people strengthen those connections on an emotional and physical level? You know, one of the one of the things is um, just helping people to realize the largeness of their marriage. Uh, that marriage is is not just about those two people. Um, you know, when we talk about marriage being a reflection of Christ in the church, um, our marriage now has become. Um, an example to the world That's good. of what Christ's relationship is with the church. Um, and when we begin to, to think on that relationship, we see Jesus as the, as the husband, mm-hmm. you know, who, um, who so longs and desires to have a relationship with his church and a church who, who is relying on, on, on that relationship with, with the Father as well. Um, and, and so when we begin to think of our marriage relationship that same way, um, it helps us to see, you know, that, like I said, it, there's such a largeness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, even in Scripture, um, he talks about unity and how he commands a blessing on unity um, and how he even had to had to um, cause confusion at one point because there was a, a group of people who were in unity, and even though their intent and their um, was not good, um, it could still have so much power behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so just in thinking of the strength that there is in the unity of a marriage, um, you know, we as as married couples are teaching our kids how married life should be. Yeah, that's good. Um, they're learning from us. 
Um, so that example that we put forth is how they're going to go into their marriage. That's the expectations they're going to carry in that marriage with them. Um, and then, like I said, just that we are an example to the world. Um, so our marriage is not just about, um, you know, my marriage is not just about myself and Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about being a witness of Christ's love. Yeah. Um, honestly. And and I think it's it's such a beautiful truth in that any time I've even met with somebody one-on-one, uh, for pastoral coaching, spiritual guidance, if they feel stuck, if they feel like they're not connecting to God's will for their life, if they feel like they're not connecting well to the people around them, they're they're stuck in a in a vice, an addiction, whatever it might be, you know, you 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 call it whatever, uh, whatever struggle they're facing. What you're talking about is actually a shifting from a self centeredness to an other centeredness. Right. Exactly. And I think even culturally, we give an excuse for selfishness in marriage. Uh, that that's detrimental to the institution right. uh, because what we do is and and you see this a lot more when people first get married but there is that kind of reclusive period yeah, yeah. that I think is good to sure. measure sure. but if you never grow out of that and you don't understand uh, your need to be in community mm-hmm. and your need to allow what your marriage has to witness to others right. in the community, right. Uh, then I think that you're missing you're missing part of what that emotional and physical connection is, because I think a lot of times with that emotional and physical connection, we can think like you said, just in terms of us and our spouse. Mm-hmm. When there's also an emotional and physical connection that's meant to happen right. in the context of us being a part of a community, right. that Christ in the church right. principle. I know just for me inviting other people through community mm-hmm. uh, to speak into my marriage right. has made my marriage better, right. Right. whether I knew I was giving them permission or not. Exactly. Uh, but you you allow yourself to be a part of now a group of people. Um, and as you experience those things as a couple, you have people come to you that say, seeing the way that you guys interact right. blessed me and my right. husband. And that's normal for you. Right. It's like we didn't do anything right. besides just be us. How was that a blessing right. to you? Right. Uh, and especially in the in the role that uh, that we're in, as you know, from the front platform leaders, sure. there's something that happens whenever we get into a community, a a, a group. Right. Uh, so shameless plug for life group here. Yeah. Uh, but there's something that happens whenever people see the people that are leading them. In, in, in an authentic way. Right. Uh, and even see you and your spouse kind of get on each other's nerves. Sure. There brings a realness to it. Sure. And the same way that I encourage people one-on-one in counseling, if they're struggling with something, man, get the attention off of you for a while. Right. Go do something to serve somebody else. Right. So essentially, that's that's what you're saying. Right. With understanding this marriage between Christ and the church, it's it's a, our marriage needs to be a lot larger than we make it. Right. Uh, speaking of that, let's let's get a little bit into kids because I know some people listening are going to have kids. Yeah, you and I both have enough to have our own football team. Right. But um, I, I I have seen so often um, that one of the ways that because I I think some of the things that we're saying is instinctive in people. Sure. Especially for Christians because there is a truth in their spirit whether they're cognizant or not, uh, cognizant of it or not. But needing to make their marriage larger, a lot of the time they say, well, I'm doing that because my spouse and I are both totally devoted to our kids. Right. Like we we exist for our kids. We are selfless servant martyrs 
for our for our children. Right. Speak a little bit to me about that and some of the the pitfalls therein. Sure, sure. Um, you know, um, a lot of people um, may seem shocked when when I say that yes, my love for my wife is even greater than my love for my kids. Yeah. Um, in today's society, it, and it's a different kind of love, of course. Uh, but in today's society, it almost seems crazy that you would have, um, you know, a different degree of love for your children versus your wife. Um, but Scripture says that that one day they'll leave and they'll the home. Yeah, you're going to be living in a house alone with this spouse that you've just spent 18 years um, raising kids with, devoting all of your time and energy to kids. Um, and you aren't going to know how to live with that person anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the, you know, the days of Pinterest, um, where every mom has to do all these creative and, and lavish things for their kids. And every Christmas party at school, you have to show up with the, the, you know, the greatest snack that anybody (laughs) could bring. Um, and so it, like it, it not only is just a, um, becomes a contest or a comparison. It also is just eating up your time yeah. and your energy, not just from your spouse, but even from your kids as well. Yeah. Um. You know, when you're devoting more time into the planning, um, than you are intentional being with your kids and with your spouse, um, um there's a problem with that. Yeah. Um. And and you know another thing that we see a lot, um, are, you know, with kids, there's a lot of extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of families um, struggling because their kids are in so many different sports, playing so many instruments, having so many rehearsals and practices and things that they're just on the go all of the time. Um, they haven't sat around a family table and had a meal um, in months, Yeah, you know, because yeah. of games, because of practices. Yeah. And, and not to say that there's anything wrong with your kids being in um, a sporting activity, but I know that, you know, schools offer sports, there's other leagues outside of school, um, and, and just knowing how to say no to some of them. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to play every sport, you don't have to play every season. Um, and just knowing that, that wherever you're spending the most time, you're showing that's your priority. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to show that my family is my priority, not basketball, not yeah. softball, not, not even, I'm a musician, not even, you know, my kid's piano or, or their own vocal lessons. Exactly. Um, so just, just prioritizing and making sure that you have spent time with the family. Um, we, we make it a point to most nights we sit around the table and we have our family meal together, mm-hmm. um, it's going to happen even if it has to be at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which has happened. Yeah. Um, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk with our kids, um, you know, at least for that 45 minutes um, and make connection with each other. Absolutely. That's, that, that's such a powerful truth. I mean, I I think just me personally with uh, Serena and I, uh, we actually make it an intentional uh, duty to dream about our future without kids. Yes. Absolutely. And I think the more kids you have, it's yes, easier to yes, do. Yes, we do too. Uh, I've, seen, uh, I've seen a strong a strong positive correlation between three or more kids and excitement for them to leave one day. Yes. So maybe the secret also is have more kids. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you find the grace, and it, you do have to find, find the grace. But I, th- I don't think enough couples are doing that. They're not right. dreaming about... 
right. once these kids leave. Right. Well, and, and, and I know that people hear that yeah. and think, oh my God, you don't love your kids. It's like the way that I gauge whether or not I loved my kid well is if I set them up to be able to leave well. Right, right. And, and I want my kids to experience what I'm experiencing right now. I want them to have That's good. that good marriage relationship. That's I good. want them to have um, children that they're raising and rearing, you know, in the Lord. Um, and then eventually, you know, them one day have their kids, have grandkids. And um, I, I just, I feel like that that is to love your kids well, mm-hmm. um, is to prepare them to leave the house. Um, you know, some people may think it sounds selfish that we are ready for them to leave, but, but um, you know, one of the things that we try to tell couples um, early on is create a vision for your marriage. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, that includes before kids, with kids, and after kids. Um, and, you know, it's something that, that we we didn't start doing till later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that's part of our vision is is dreaming about the future um without kids <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's so true i was uh i was speaking at a stronger family conference uh in atoka i think it was this year and um you know the lord just laid on my heart that there's so many people that have a vision for their business mm-hmm. they have a vision for their fitness right in the what the way that want their body to look like in their diet and their exercise right They've got a vision for their finances, right. for uh, you know, four hundred one k retirement, all these things. Uh, but if you really press most people, they have zero vision for their family. Right. You know, they can they can tell you the company's core values, right? But they don't have any established core values for their home. Sure. Uh, and and I feel like um, you know, good parenting and a good marriage doesn't happen by accident. Right. There's intentionality associated with it, and whenever we get intentional, we get we get specific. Right. And uh, and just a side note here, but along the lines of setting those core values for your home, you need to set your core values around what you as the leaders, because as crazy as it is for people to realize these days, if you're the husband and the wife in the home, you guys yes. are actually co-leading the home. The yes. kids don't lead the home. Right. Uh, and that's just, that's like a, that's just, anyway. That some, was for free. That was for yeah. free. You can <laughs> you take that, take that for free. Um, but, you know, as leaders of the home, we've, it, it's it's wise, and this is something that I've found, and it, and it is humorous, but it's also truth, is that in regards to those core values and things that you want to set as staples of behavior in your home, I would just give another free tip here to set those core values around the things that you and your wife are weak at. Um, For example, one of the core values of our home is uh, forgiveness (laughs) because my wife and I are constantly messing up. Sure. Uh, we are, we've argued in front of the kids. We've, everybody, everybody has, you got, you got to be honest. Well, I can't say everybody. I have met some anomaly people that have never done that. Um, but we've set a core value of unconditional love and forgiveness. And I can remember my son as a two-year-old already saying whenever I would apologize to him or his sister would apologize to him or his mom would or whatever, his response automatically was, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Like just learning to even set that expectation of you're not going to see me perfect. Right. 
I think will take so much stress off of people. Absolutely. Uh, going back to what you said, the mom that's trying to do all the Pinterest things, yeah. and there's always going to be a gap between real and ideal. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and most people are 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 falling in in the chasm between real and ideal, instead of learning how to appreciate and and undergird their weakness right. by establishment of some of these core values. Um, we have some of those core values in our home because we know that we're not perfect, right. and we've got to instill that into our kids. Right. Um, so anyway, I I just I mean I totally agree with with the vision piece for your marriage and for your family for your home um, because and and we're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. Our job and all the other relationships in our lives take so much from us. Mm-hmm that it's easy to go home and give leftovers right. to your oh, yeah. spouse and to your kids. Yeah. Uh, and most of the times it's not even leftovers. It's the scraps. It's the crumbs right. that's left. So how talk to us a little bit about how to work at doing better in that area. Sure. Going home and not just feeling like all you have to give is crumbs. Uh, and this is true whichever role, mom or dad. Right. Some do have a stay-at-home situation. Uh, which I think both of us do now. Right. My wife recently has, has stopped working. Um, but within that, um, not everybody has that situation. Uh, and you're kidding yourself if anybody believes that stay-at-home moms don't have a full-time job. No joke. No joke. <laughs> her job's harder than mine. I can't do her job for no. one day no. <laughs> is, is my limit. I don't want to. I don't want no. to. <laughs> It's not the way. It's not the way God's designed it, right? That's right. <laughs> just, just kidding. Stay-at-home dads are you guys are worthy of double honor. Okay. So we're just, we're just making a joke. But um, talk to us a little bit about how moms, dads alike. How, how can we go home after a full day's work, and and uh, and even on our weekends when we have time off? What are some things that we can start doing to make sure that our wife first? And our kids, second, sure. are not just getting scraps. Sure, um, you know I I'm as guilty as anybody on this. You come home, you want to sit on the couch and do nothing but watch TV, and and sometimes you can even almost ju- think you're justifying yourself in mm-hmm. doing so. Um, but the thing that has helped me the most um, is just having constant communication with my wife. Um, and she knows that she has, um, I've given her permission. She has permission to anytime she sees that to call me out on it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I like to think of it as, you know, even if I may not feel like going home and giving my full attention to my wife and to my kids, um, I know that they're worth it. Yeah, and I know that they deserve it, and so yeah. if I can just always remind myself of that, even when I'm just you know walking into my house, that okay, I'm fully present um, when I walk into these doors. I'm gonna play with my kids. I'm gonna spend time with my wife. Um, something else that we that we do, um, you know, because we we do have four kids, um, so it can feel like there's always a kid around. Yeah, um, we make it a point to. Whenever all the kids are in bed, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a weekend, sometimes it may be later. Um, we're going to spend some time after all the kids are in bed um, just 
if even if it's just watching a movie together yeah. or sitting on the couch just having conversation, I'm just making sure that we've had time to connect uh, with each other. Um, and to me, that that has been one of the most important things that we that we make sure we do because, like I said, with kids, um, it can seem near impossible. Yeah. Um, but you make time for the things that you that you love. Yeah. Um, and so we've just made it a point that we're gonna. Every day, even if it's you know thirty minutes, because we can't stay awake any longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we had that that thirty minutes. Yeah, um, that we were able to talk about the day, talk about the kids, talk yeah. about each other. Um, so just making sure that you that you are yes spending time with your kids, but it's also, I, and I feel like just as important, more important that you're making sure you're spending time with your spouse. Yeah. Uh, because if you're not having that time, you're not going to parent well together either. Yeah. Um, so making sure that you are, you're intentional to have that time together. Absolutely. Without interruption. Yeah. No, that's, attention. That, that's powerful. It's powerful. It's, it's a simple truth, but it's profound in its effect if you'll actually apply it. Absolutely. Because the stuff we're talking about today is for the most part, most people know these things in concept but they're not applying them. Right. And just because you have head knowledge of something right. <laughs> doesn't mean that it's actually showing up in your life. Right. Um, and, and like I said, uh, or, or like uh, referencing what you said about going home and mentally preparing on the drive mm-hmm. there or the walk there. Right, yeah. It's a walk uh, for me. It's a walk for you. <laughs> uh, this is what I'm going to do whenever I get home. Right. And I think even with me and, and my wife, uh, something that's uh, that's funny, it, you talked about that time after the kids go to bed. It seems like we have a nightly ritual of falling asleep on the couch together. Sure, yeah. It's just because that's where we talk. That's where we're going to watch TV, whatever, uh, rent a movie after the kids go to bed. And, you know, at first I would feel like, man, there's like – some people will have that tendency to be like, oh, man, there's like no organization. There's no rhythm here. As like, there's there's a great rhythm of falling asleep right. on the couch every <laughs> night together. You do it rhythmically. <laughs> uh, and we wake up, you know, uh, a couple hours later and we and we go upstairs, you know. Right. Uh, but I, I think it's just finding those things to constantly keep connection with your spouse. Um, man, does that do something to your overall health? Right. Because really, going back to Jamie's revelation of, of what the Lord showed her and how one we really are with mm-hmm. that person, you would there would be like nobody that would say if you were to legitimately cut yourself in half, right, that you'd be healthy, right. But a lot of times we allow those little things that aggravate us about our spouse, or we we kid ourselves to think that we need a break from them, right. When really we. Right are are the are the bulk of the problem. Right, um, those little things, and even in the midweek series, we've been talking here in Duran about those little foxes that have the ability to spoil our relationship. Yep. Uh, out of uh, Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, chapter two, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that come in the way of us being intimate. Right. With, with our spouse, and and I don't mean that solely sexually. Right. I mean that emotional. Uh, you know, spiritual connection with our spouses. It's the little things, those little things. I, m- I remember Pastor Dwayne doing the Better Together series talking about trespasses right. in marriage. There's just those areas that you trespassed against me. You were creeping on that part of my property that's mine, those little annoyances mm-hmm. that up, and those little foxes become a big problem, especially when they're eating up the fruit of your right. of your marriage. And intimacy, the byproduct is always fruit. Right. 
So that connection is actually the secret, and, and guarding that connection, keeping that connection with your spouse is the secret for fruitfulness. Right. And the beautiful thing about that is, is that that fruit is actually something, going back to that community principle you mm-hmm. talked about, mm-hmm. the first people to benefit from that fruit and to eat that and be nourished are your kids, right. and then your outer circles right. now of life. Uh, so we've got to be focused on connection so that we can... Uh, we can uh, we, we can be fruitful and actually actually make make progress. So, talking about some of those foxes, what for you and working with couples would you classify as some common attacks that marriage that marriages face, or or some what are some of those common uh, little foxes, so to speak, and what are some ways that we can help uh, people overcome those? I'm sure. I you know one of the the big things that that you know again something I've been guilty of and something that we see a lot. <clears throat> is is the little fox of complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was, I think it's Andy Stanley says, time in erodes awareness of. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you are connected with someone, you know, my wife and I have been, we're middle school sweethearts, so we've been together for a long time. Um, and it almost, it's sad, but it's true, that person that you're connected to the most and that you're with the most and spend the most time with um, can be, um, that thing that then begins to uh, for difficult for you to see its value. Yeah. Um, you begin to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, she's always there. She's always going to be there. So why do I work? Why at do it? I, why do I need to put all this effort into you know? Yeah. Um, and so that 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 complacency is is definitely an issue that we see a lot. Yeah. Um, and so you know it, to to me. Um, in fixing complacency, it really is just about having that again open communication with each other. Yeah. Of you know, I'm struggling right now. Work's got me down. You know, distraction. That's another little fox. Um, and I, I think they do play hand in hand when you just get so run down, so tired, so worn out with with everything that's vying for your attention. That relationship, because you know it's always going to be there, seems to be the one that you 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 put the less effort into. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, it's, it's so true. And with that, I find the people that we are the most connected to and that we love the most, we have the tendency to be the least filtered with and to treat the worst. You know, it's like the craziest thing, the way human behavior works, but the people that we know love us the most Mm -hmm. will, will, will respond to the, the, the rudest or will will be the most insensitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has to be, I think especially from a guy perspective, we have to be able to keep the focus also in regards to what are those things we were doing that won her in the first place. Right. And we have to keep doing those things. Right. Because that also keeps us in the right the right frame of mind. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, I love conversations like this because as we talk you know, uh, it's just easy for you to just yourself get convicted. You know, while, while oh, you're yeah. talking, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna go home, and I need to do this, 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 and this. Right. Uh, but I think it's a beautiful thing. The Lord, the Lord desires to convict us in the area that that He knows we've been compromising and we've been complacent sure. in, sure. because He wants to deepen that connection. Hmm. Wherever that conviction's happening is where He wills to deepen connection, right. which is going to lead to more fruitfulness, right. like we talked about. So that that attack of complacency, mm-hmm. and then uh, that attack of, of distraction. Right. So much is vying for our attention. So much is trying to steal our steal our focus. Um, 
you know, someone at the end of the day, because I think of marriage and I think of family as a team, mm-hmm. someone at the end of the day has to lead right. the team, right. lead, lead the marriage. Right. Um, we understand Paul's principles in, in Ephesians that kind of is a, it, it is a beautiful dance right. of wives submit, but husbands are supposed to love their wives the way Christ loved the church and right. gave himself up for. Right. Uh, so a minister that I like to listen to, he says it this way, wives are called to submit, husbands are called to die because right. Christ right. gave himself right. up for the right. church. So talk to me a little bit about that role of of leading as sure. as a man, as as the the one that God's appointed to lead the marriage and lead the family. What does that look like? Sure. Um, you know, ultimately to me, um, to lead my home is to pastor my home. Yeah. Um, I should be um, the main facilitator in my kids' lives and in my wife's lives of spiritual growth, spiritual development. That's good. Um, and so it, it's easy because we have, you know, you as an incredible pastor, Pastor Wayne as an incredible pastor, to just um, forego that and say, hey, we have good pastors at the church that are going to give them the spiritual um, nourishment that they need. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I've been called to my kids and my wife Man. specifically Man. Um, to be the pastor in my home and, like I said, to facilitate growth spiritually um, and in their lives and to challenge them yeah. um, to to a deeper relationship with God. Yeah. And, and, I think, and I think people have to know and understand, too, that because I know you, we're friends— and what we really mean by that is not preaching at your kids. Right. People have negative connotations about God right. because of negative connotations sure. about pastors. Sure. When you talk about pastoring your home, you're, you're meaning shepherding. Absolutely. You're meaning being attentive to the needs of your family. Right. You noticing that your wife needs time with you and you getting right. a babysitter and taking her on a date, that's pastoring your wife. Right. Exactly. Being attentive to the needs. So. As 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 the males in the home, as the priests in the home, it's our job to act first. Right. It's our job to sacrifice right. first. Exactly. It's our job to do those things first. Leading looks like doing it first, mm-hmm. doing it in front of. And, and I love that that you brought up that that point. Um, w- one of the pieces though is helping guys understand that we don't, as 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 Christian fathers, we don't have to hyper spiritualize everything. Exactly. Uh, the reason I have connection with my kids is because I teach him the Bible and then we make poop jokes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. the thing that connects us. Exactly. Um, and it's also setting them up for for spiritual experiences even outside of the home. Right. Uh, you've got just an incredible testimony of your kids and, and your wife going to the uh, Sean Bowles right. uh, uh, prophetic workshop for right. kids in, in Dallas. Right. That was this year, right? Yes. That's true. Um, tell us a little bit about that story, okay? Because I think that that connects to what we really mean by pastoring our kids. Sure, is also because I I know people and you do too that will sacrifice time, money, resources to make sure their kids are in sports camps right. or in you know piano lessons, all these kinds of things. Right. And with spiritually leading our home, we also need to make sure that our kids are connected to valuable spiritual experiences outside of the home. Sure. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that that okay. testimony and, okay. and what happened there. Um, so um, Sean Boltz, um, he was hosting a conference um, in the Dallas area uh, for kids, a prophetic conference. Um, and so we 
we had signed up our oldest two, um, Jovi and Cambry, um, to go to the conference. And I had Amanda, I dropped Amanda off with them. Um, and then I had Valor and Harper with me. We had gone back and forth on whether Harper should go or not. Um, she was at, just right at the right age to attend. Um, but she, when when instructions are given in large groups, she gets a little anxious. And, yeah. And um, so we had decided that you know we'll, we'll just let the elder two go this time, and next time he comes around, we'll we'll have Harper go with him. Sure. Um, but anyway, the the conference was incredible. Um, but the parents had to sit in another room. They yeah. wanted the kids separated from their parents, um, so they would you know be focused in on on what was being said and everything. Um, and. So Amanda's watching the conference happening on a screen, and Sean Bolt said, you know, I have a word of, a word of knowledge for, for five people in this room. And there was probably 400 kids in there. Man, um, so small small group right, within the right. large and group. And he didn't yeah. even say five people in the room. He just said for five people Five people, today. yeah. Um, and so he, he said, um, I have one, and it's for a girl. Her name's Harper. Um, she has a little brother. And she lives on university, and we live on university place. Um, and then he said her age. Um, and, and it was so, it was all spot on. Yeah, all spot on. Um, and she's not even attending the yeah, conference. Yeah, she's not registered. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, and I told Amanda, I mean, it's sad, but like, I think it was a good thing that it, the word was for her because yeah. it would be easy to think, oh, he just pulled that information off exactly. of the registration. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she wasn't even registered. That's awesome. Um, and so, uh, you know, Amanda text me and she's telling me this of course i you know i'm pretty sensitive when it comes to my kids i'm crying you know yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. um, and and so but as he's saying this our um oldest stands up in her place um Cambry. Cambry, yeah um which is also out of character for her she's pretty quiet timid um and in a room of 400 um is not likely to be a one to stand up yeah um and so she stands up on her behalf um, and so Sean Boltz then began to, to prophesy over her um, and just her leadership abilities and her role as the big sister in the family. Um, and then um, you know, as Amanda texts me, I'm like, well, if he has a word for her, I want to I get her there yeah, yeah. to hear it. We had had um, kind of a rough couple weeks with her as far as school. Um, she had been behind in some of her uh, in her math and reading. Um and, and, you know, we were contemplating, you know, holding her back and that kind of thing. Um, and so we, we just kind of been down, you know, um, on, on harp, not, not hard on her, but, you know, just not really yeah. knowing where we were supposed to take the situation. Um, but anyway, I, I got her there and I was like, God, if there's a, if there's a way, make a way for him to, you know, get this word to her. Um, and as soon as we walked in, they just split all the kids up into groups um, and so Sean Boltz is just standing on the stage by himself. So we just walked straight up to the front, um, and I told him that this was Harper, um, and he began the, just to prophesy over her creativity Man. and the things that God's put in her. Yeah. Um, and you know, even saying that her creativity was going to be her worship to God. Yeah. Um, and he even felt, you know, vocationally, um, one day. Um, so it was just so encouraging to have that word spoken over her after the past couple of weeks that we had had, um, you know, God knew what we needed to hear Yeah. Um, in that moment. Um, and so just, just again, you know, 
it was a great day for our family, but also knowing that because we took the time to place value on their spiritual growth, yeah, um, that had an impact on Jovi, that had an impact on on Cambry and Harper. Even though it was Harper that was specifically, you yeah, know, specifically um, called out, um, it impacted the whole family. That that's awesome, and that's part of pastoring your family is is acting first, right. getting them connected to things that are going to help them sure. grow spiritually. Uh, this is to me is like the kicker of the whole story. It's like where it makes it makes it awesome. It, besides all that, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah. But this yeah. to me is like the thing that right. seals it. Uh, tell us about the car ride sure. home. And so, so I, um, you know, Amanda had texted me saying that he had a word for Harper, and I, um, I told Harper, I said, I said. The, the guy that's at the conference that, that, that Cambry and Jovi are at um, was talking about you. Um, and she said, she said, he knows my name. And I said, yeah, I, I, mean, I guess he, he, he called your name out. And she said, no, I'm talking about Jesus. Oh, man. And so it was just so powerful, you <laughs> yeah. know, even though, you know. It's oh, so, so she it, said that while you guys were. Yeah, we, we were okay, on got way. you. We yes, that wasn't on the way home. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. Is something that you know we thought we had we had instilled in her. Yeah. Like this was just undeniable proof um, yeah. to her that God knows, knows her, her name. name. Um, and like we could even take it further. Like He knows where you live. Yeah. Like, I mean, He told us <laughs> the street that we live on, Harper. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was just awesome even seeing Him deliver the word to her. Um, you know. There were things that she, he was saying that she wasn't even understanding, but yeah. she was just beaming because she knew that those were words coming from from the Father. Exactly, um, and that and that to me is just. I mean, when you talk about pastoring your family, being the priest in your home, it's our job to make sure that our kids are having legitimate right. spiritual experiences and connecting this and bringing this full circle. Now, it's why our marriage can't be seen as small, right? Our marriage for it to succeed needs to be connected to Christ, but marriage is a great mystery that represents Christ and the church. Right. So our marriages need to be connected to Christ and the church. Right. That, that's why a local body right. is so important. That's why uh, other believers and brothers and sisters in the faith, mm-hmm. uh, Sean being an amazing uh, minister, but a brother in the faith, right. you know, if, if, you, if you think just in terms of your comfort as a couple— it's not easy navigating Dallas with four kids. Right, right. Uh, it's not easy doing anything with four kids. Exactly. But making those sacrifices and and you and your wife together leading that way is incredible. And that's really what we mean we mean by pastoring our, our homes is making sure. sure as as the male figure, as the dad, as the husband, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that our families, our wife and our kids, are connecting to Christ and are connected to to a church, exactly. to to a local body or to a group of believers. Right. Um, so I feel like in kind of wrapping up this talk today, um, the power of unity in, in our marriages really comes from us pastoring our families Absolutely. in regards to connecting them to Christ and making sure that they're connected to the church. Right. Uh, our kids need to be a part of that as much as, as adults do. Right. Um, so you're listening to this uh, and you're already a part of Victor Life Church. That's incredible. That's awesome. If you're listening to this and you're not, uh, this isn't a plug just for our church. I'd encourage you, find a group of believers that you fit with, you click with, find your tribe uh, right. that you can connect with, and I guarantee you, you will see your family grow. You will see your marriage deepened right. uh, as you as you make that step 
as a leader in your home. And and we also got single moms that listen to this. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, marriages where the mom has to act as the spiritual leader because the dad is present in the home, but he's absent spiritually right. and absent from leading. Uh, the same way that Jamie was able to step up when her husband right. was physically in- incapacitated and lead spiritually, moms are empowered in the home to do this as well. Right. At the end of the day, somebody's got to lead. God's design, I believe, from the scripture is that the male would do that. Right. But God doesn't have any problems with women exactly. stepping into that role exactly. uh, whenever whenever that role's not being fulfilled by the by the husband. So, Kylie, why don't you just pray? Absolutely. Over anybody listening to this, sure. uh, speak a blessing over them and uh, anything that the Lord puts on your heart. Sure. Father, we just love you, God. We thank you, um, Lord, for your example, Lord, of what true love is, Lord, and and your love for us as the church, God, and that you, your concern of building the church, Lord, that we can look into that, Lord, and see how how our marriages should should be, Lord. We have that great example, Lord, that that me as the husband, Lord, I should be building up my wife, um, Lord, that I should be pastoring my wife, pastoring my children. Um, God, we just thank you for for people being placed in our lives, Lord, to help us, um, to to challenge us, to facilitate growth, Lord, in our lives, Lord, and to, to push us to be better husbands, to be better wives, to, to be better parents, God. Lord, we know that that marriage can be difficult, um, but God, we pray that we just we trust you in all things, Lord, and God that we um, continue just to to realize the largeness of our marriage, Lord. That it's not just about a man and a woman, but Lord, it's about a a witness to the world, Lord. That when they see the unity in marriage, they see a, an example of Christ in the church, God, and your love for us. Um, and God, we know that we're we're not always going to get it right. We're going to mess up. Uh, but we are thankful for for mercy and for grace, God, um, from you and with each other, God, um, Lord. And we just thank you um, for for all of the things that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the the institution of marriage, God, Lord. That you that that's a gift from you right there, God. And Lord, I just pray, um, Lord, that there be anybody here that listens to this, Lord, that 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 has has need or or has um, anything that they have need of, God, that they would seek out help, seek out counsel, God. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much again, Kylie, for taking time to record this with me. Uh, Huge uh, blessing and lots of love to everybody listening. And uh, we look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Victor Life Church Conversations podcast. Bye-bye.